Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Ridley Scott's House of Gucci, starring Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Jared Leto, Jeremy Irons, Al Pacino, Selma Hayek, Jack Houston. This movie has been one of my most anticipated movies of the year, and I am so excited to finally be talking about it. Joining me is Joe Black. You've heard him here on the show before, and we have been planning on doing this one for a while now, and we have a great conversation coming up for you. So before we get to that, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you like what we do. Five stars is awesome. And uh, follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And don't forget about our Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, which actually I'll be posting our Licorice Pizza episode very soon that Joe and I also recorded the same day we did this House of Gucci episode. So that's going up early on there, and then it'll eventually hit the main feed when the movie's in wide release. Uh, but we post all kinds of other stuff there too, as well as bonus content from Awesome Movie Year and from my music career. Lots of great stuff. Check it out, patreon.com slash Rosen. And, of course, just make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts because we have episodes and episodes and episodes coming your way. Lots of movies to cover, so make sure you're subscribed. So, let's talk about House of Gucci. All right, Joe Black is back with us for a movie that we both had been looking forward to for a long time. Joe, how's it going? Oh, it's going terrific, going terrific. Lots to talk about today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Mm. I always ask my guests lately if the movie we're about to talk about is one they had been looking forward to. And I know it is for you, not just because we've talked, but because you are a huge Lady Gaga fan. Of course, the first time you were on this podcast was for A Star is Born. But as far as the story is concerned, as far as Ridley Scott is concerned, I mean, did you have high hopes for it? Did you think this was going to work out, this particular movie? I, I'm just like, I, I admit that I'm so blinded by my love of her that like, it wasn't until like the Braun logo came up that I was like, oh wait, this is a Ridley Scott movie. <laughs> right, um, right. What was I thinking? <laughs> y- you know, j- true crime stories I always find to be kind of like, uh, gross. I don't know. Like I'm not mm. into them. And I, 
and, and but what I was looking forward to based on the trailer, especially I, what I loved about A Star Is Born and her performance, and it was how natural it was. Yeah, and I was I was kind of looking forward to this one based on the trailer for her going like full like totally the opposite yeah like like you know faye dunaway you know like like mommy dearest you know like Mm -hmm. crazy and um it shows how narrow my vision is because (laughs) the at the end of the movie what i ended up liking the most was how natural her performance was Mm. as one of these people you know what i mean there was no like like i I did not give her enough credit you know and i let the trailer dictate what i thought the movie was going to be which you know, after more than three decades of this shit, you'd think that I'd know not to do that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, despite we shouldn't his, even be watching trailers anymore, to be honest. I, I, I actually have been avoiding, especially watching them online. Like, you mm. know what I mean? It's inevitable seeing them when I go into theater. I've got a buddy, Vincent, who he does this thing where he like looks away. And yeah. sometimes he'll like plug his ears if it's like a big one coming up that he wants to see. Yeah. And, you know, I admire that, you know, but, um, but at the same time, I'm too busy eating popcorn. To cover my ears, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know you were. Yeah, I was actually surprised how much you were looking forward to this because you know, like I get, but that is because of the trailer, if I remember correctly. It is. I just thought it was just such a great trailer, and I the thing that I kept thinking with this movie, based on the trailer, also based on the cast, also based on the fact that it's Ridley Scott, who is hit or miss, but when he's hit, I really, really enjoy the things that he's done that I've really liked. Um, I was looking forward to this as a movie movie just Mm -hmm. a big old movie movie you know and uh and so that that's what was kind of appealing about it to me um but also to see like you said to see lady gaga follow up a stars born see what she's going to do with her next role basically her next like real actor role and so that was definitely you know a big draw but it's also just such a huge cast and we'll end up talking about the cast a lot through this Mm -hmm. i'm sure but uh you know, let's start getting into some puzzle pieces. We'll we'll talk about all these things along the way. What do you have for your first piece? Okay, uh, how about just right out of the gate? I'm going to say The Godfather. Sure. Uh, you know, not just because of how like Italian the movie is, if you will. Sure. Um, but I really like the um. So Adam Driver, you know, he's one of those actors that is just like great in everything. Even though I don't think anything he's been in has been particularly great, right? Um, except for uh, Last Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a masterpiece. But like he he always is consistently good, except in the last duel, Ridley Scott's last release, I actually thought for once, I was like, oh, this movie's not good, and neither is he. Mm. For once. If Ben Affleck is out acting you in a scene, there's something wrong. And and that's coming from the world's biggest Ben Affleck fan. Okay? Sure, yeah. You know, he, he's my Ben Affleck is my favorite actor. So for me to say that, you know I mean it. But yeah. <laughs> um, but I love this. I think is actually his strongest performance I've ever seen him give. He's great. Um, he is great. The whole cast is great, save for one, which I know we'll talk about eventually. Yes. But the whole cast, actually, from top to bottom, I just thought was terrific. And his character reminded me very much of Michael Corleone, mm-hmm. where you know he's he's somebody who's like outside of the family and fine doing that. And literally the death of the the father figure, if you right. will, brings him in, you know, like and and uh, and and the the evil gets to him. The thing he was always running from, the thing he was always afraid of, you know, finally gets to him. Yeah. Um, and uh, and also because it's a three hour long movie. So there's a lot of reasons why I think that <laughs> sure. the Godfather is a is an appropriate uh, comparison. 
Yeah, my, my pandemic Godfather rewatch didn't end up happening, so I haven't seen it since high school. But that being said, the you know, the comparison is definitely just. And uh, I, I would have to imagine that that's part of the draw of telling the story is to kind of make your own Godfather epic, at least in one movie, not so much a trilogy, but just to make a big family type of thing you know well if you remember you and i we met in person for the first time when i came to vegas last year to see the godfather coda oh that's right yeah yeah. it was the closest theater to los angeles was in las vegas uh playing that's bizarre uh the new uh coppola cut of godfather 3 i love the first godfather you know mm -hmm. um being italian you know i think you're given a copy at birth um i love the first one the second one is good but i don't I don't think it's as strong as the first one. I think that it, uh, I think that it has a couple cop outs in it where mm -hmm. I get the parallel of comparing like um, Michael, you know, DeVito, but it, it just like, it doesn't, it's not a fair comparison because of how different the times are that they're set. Yeah. Um, and also I don't think that, that Godfather two has, it's missing two key ingredients and that's Brando and Khan. And I know that Khan is in the very last scene, of, but like, it, it's missing those elements. I actually like three more than two. Mm. I hope you don't lose any listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody just calm down. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go to my first piece and uh, it's a pretty obvious one. I think um, it's American crime story, the assassination of Gianni Versace, uh, the Ryan Murphy TV series, which I think is the best thing he's ever done among all of his, his series, the American crime stories, the American horror stories, all this stuff. Uh, I, I loved this mini series and th this is like ridiculous, but when this movie house of Gucci first was announced and I'm not a fashion guy, I am a t-shirt and shorts guy and I don't know anything about fashion. I thought it was the same story. I, yeah. I, I thought it was the same guy. I was like, oh yeah, this fashion mogul was murdered. It must be the same guy, but wow, two big fashion moguls turned out this way. Uh, kind of crazy, <laughs> but uh, you know, it is very similar though in the way that these stories played out. And of course, it, I don't know if you, did you watch this series at all? No, but, but, but when I saw the trailer, that was my first thought too. I was like, yeah. oh, didn't they make a show about that? You're right. Yeah, yeah. And it seemed like, oh, they're making a movie version of it. But I love this show. And part of what I like about it is how big it is. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, when we're talking about our expectations of this movie, I was definitely expecting big because of the series. But it is a different story. And so I, you know, should have known better than that. Right. And this ends up being quite a bit more just melodrama really for the majority of the film. And so it's kind of a very different thing, but still telling these stories of murder happening in the world of fashion. I mean, they kind of have to go hand in hand. Yeah. You know, you, 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 big is, a, is an interesting way to describe it because the trailer for this movie, especially, and given that it's Ridley Scott, you know, gladiator alien himself, you think big, you know, and it's not a very big movie. Um, actually, I mean, like, not to sound like an asshole, but like, I, it almost seemed like Ridley Scott was doing everything he could to make this movie as dull as possible as <laughs> right. a director. Because, like, it's especially really... with that cast. Like, he's got this huge cast, and he mm -hmm. ha he's purposefully reining raining it all in. Yeah, and he's got a really great script too, which I'll get into with another one of my pieces down the road. But like, but like that gray, like color grade that he puts on all of his movies really mm -hmm. does a disservice to a movie about fashion. 
Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like this is the fashion world is literally a movie about or is is a is a world of color and and contrast and you know what I mean? And he puts this like it's like somebody took like a pencil and just kind of like did a light little brushing over the whole thing and it right. I it was it, and and his framing is I don't know it was really poorly directed in my opinion and I mean I mean yeah. the guy's like what eighty. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I get it. It's but... insane that he made two movies this year. I mean, r- regardless of how good they are, and I, I have not seen The Last Duel yet. I know you did not like it. I know no. a lot of people who did like it, but um, I, I'm hoping to catch it um, on VOD soon. But uh, just regardless of how good the movies turned out, it's still insane. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is interesting how, like, small it felt. It, mm-hmm. it, like, I that is... But I will give... I will. I will say this about the movie, which I don't, you know, know if this is a credit to him or not, to Scott or not, but I don't know about you. It did not feel like two hours and 40 minutes to me. Oh, no. It, it yeah. breezed by, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, and, and so much so that I felt um, that I was like, honestly, like, at that, at that point, just give me the other 25 minutes, too. Mm. You, you know what I mean? Like, 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 it, it just, just give me those. Just give me more because there's something missing here. Just give me a little yeah. bit more. I, I'll, I'll stick around. Go ahead. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So hopefully there's a director's cut or, uh, you know, an extended cut or something because I'd like to see more. Yeah. I could yeah. see that. I could see that working, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you got for your next piece? Okay, my next piece. I mean, I guess I could just go right into the uh, script one, uh, jumping around. Uh, uh, Social Network, sure, is a uh, is a uh, came to mind, and the main reason it came to mind is because you know, based on the trailer, they're trying to sell it like she's like this evil, you know, Svengali, you know, like she's like evil. You yeah, know what I mean. But what what I loved about the movie, the thing that made me love it, even though like on a scale of one to five, it's a two to two and a half, but I mm-hmm. loved it. Was that she. I don't know if it's the way she played it, but it's also the way she wrote it. She's not evil. Right. Like, I fully believe that she loves him. Yeah. And I fully believe that she wants, like her father, I mean, mean, the way they frame the whole movie, the beginning, she's signing her father's checks. You know what I mean? She's been quietly running the company for real, you know, and she wants to run a company and wants to, like, that's what she wants to do. And she's surrounded in the movie by all of these men who have an excuse for not not doing it they they have a golden goose as far as she's concerned like this opportunity to create something of worth you know what i mean yeah and they all have like oh no like i'm sick and don't want to do it or i'm i'm i just want to keep things the way they are with al pacino or like jared leto's terrible ideas or or adam driver who just doesn't want a part of this and she's just like are you all fucking nuts right like (laughs) yeah (laughs) and what's so great about about the way that the movie shows it is that you never see her spending extravagantly, so we know that it's not about the money. She's mm-hmm. fully in love with him before, like when he's like poor and living with her and his fa- and, and her family. Yeah, she is not the one who contacts the family. The family contacts her, mm-hmm. and then like especially for me, when you see the um when she finds the fake uh Gucci stuff, she's not mad that people are buying it on the street. She's mad that it's junk, right, and right. ruining the brand name. And I really loved that. And the movie doesn't beat you over the head with it the way that movies today seem to think we need to be. And I felt the same thing when I watched The Social Network back in 2010, that Mark Zuckerberg, what, what I found interesting is the whole litigation side of the movie. He's right. None of them have any case. And it right. all just boils down to what Rashida Jones says, you know, public perception, mm-hmm. you know, jury perception of whether he's right or wrong. Like, 
Did he make mistakes? Yes. Did he screw some people over? Yes. But was he wrong? No. There's that beautiful line. If you if your clients uh, were the inventors of Facebook, they would have invented Facebook. Right. Right. And I and I and I give that up to the script and to Jesse Eisenberg's highly underrated performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking that the whole time watching this movie too, that they could have taken the easy route of making both movies could take the easy route of making both those characters just evil, whatever. But instead, they made them human. Yeah. So. Well, speak, speaking to that, uh, the personality uh, of Lady Gaga's character, and you know that that she really does care, and she's not she's not particularly evil. She just goes down this particular path. Um, I actually have two Ridley Scott movies on my list, so I'm going to go with the first one here, which is of course Thelma and Louise. Um, I basically once Lady Gaga and Selma Hayek get together, I mean they have the best intentions, but they mm-hmm. just end up in tragedy basically yeah. they they are kind of just bad influences on one another even though they both want what's best for each other and they both want what's best for everybody but it just goes and you know it goes sideways basically so i i think it's interesting to see you know this this old guy ridley scott like kind of coming back around to this kind of a character and uh really interesting complex women characters like this and i thought selma hayek was great as this she kind was. of uh, psychic who you know, that whole world is such a, like a racket, but she really seems to believe what she's doing and that it's going to help this person, this Lady Gaga character. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, just those two going on that path that ends in tragedy just kind of mirrors the same kind of thing that happens with Thelma and Louise. I agree. And I actually think this movie's much better than Thelma and Louise. Mm-hmm. I thought that the, I thought that the catalyst for the story in Thelma and Louise was so weak that yeah. I just didn't buy it. And actually kind of in this movie, if I were to change one thing, I wouldn't show the scene where Gaga is negotiating with the contractors. Mm. Like, I don't think you need that scene because yeah. I think that that's like a cheap shot. You know what I mean? Like, like that's, that's just kind of a cheap shot. That's like what, what, you know, the court assumes happened, you know what right. I mean? And, and, right. and, and that's a little judgmental, but like, maybe it's just cause I love her so much, but she does get to be <laughs> pretty good. But in Thelma and Louise, when they kill like, I'm like, they, he was like assaulting them in a part. Nobody would be mad at them. Like they just wouldn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it's, yeah. But uh, but Selma Hayek too, when she popped up on screen, I had a little like a, you know, because uh, I just saw Eternals and God Almighty, like that's a movie that made me embarrassed for living in Los Angeles. Mm, um, yeah. and it's the exact same length as House of Gucci, and it feels twice as long. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Eternals is 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 the worst kind of movie where it's something that sh- quote unquote should just be dumb fun. But mm-hmm. Hollywood fancies itself an intellectual, and mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's just embarrassing how like yeah. how like lame brained that movie is, uh, and emotionally just you know devoid just of bad. it. Yeah, it's bad. just bad. But but Selma Hayek in this one, man, she brought it with nothing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? She's got nothing of a character other than her interpretation. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it could it could so easily be one note, and yeah. and she does plenty with it. So mm-hmm. yeah, she she is very good in this. Uh, what do you got for your next piece? Oh, you're only doing one of your Scots right now. We'll come back. I, to I'll, I'll do the next one next. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so the yeah. next one I was going to do is um, uh, the most obvious one, I guess, is Itania. Sure. But Itania, I thought was like foul, like not even not good, but just like reeked. I I, I saw that movie at a early screening, like a night of. Uh, Australian appreciation at the WGA. So I'm just surrounded by a bunch of Australians and I'm hearing that accent that I'm like, eh. and then, and, uh, and uh, Were they at least rowdy. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh and you know, uh Chad Gillespie, who I really liked up to that point. I loved his Fright Night remake. I loved the uh the finest hour. Uh, I thought he was he was a solid director. That's why I wanted to see the movie. And then Margot Robbie was there, who I'm still not totally sold on. But I found the movie that movie was ex- the exact opposite of what this movie was. Mm. Th- that movie was nothing but like a um a judgment throwing like it just totally throws Tanya Harding's husband under the bus makes mm-hmm. paints him to be this evil villain and Tanya is like the innocent oh you know and when you see her name pop up at the end as executive producer you're like oh really hmm. yeah <laughs> you know um and and then at the end it tries to like do this bullshit thing where she's like boxing and she turns to the camera she's like this is because of you because you wanted to paint me this way I'm like oh shut up like I don't give a shit about Tanya Harding nobody actually does and you just did to the husband character what you're accusing us of doing through the media so mm. like you know shut up but but the this obviously was born out of that to me like like yeah. you know the 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 female you know who like took I don't know it it, it, it very similar only I thought that Itania was the children's version of this movie mm. yeah and I like Itania I I get where you're coming from but it's 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 just a fun movie to me, you know, and, and I, I definitely had fun with it, even though I completely see your criticism of it and it, I find it very entertaining, but well, Cruella, when everybody's like, it's nothing but needle drops. I'm like, did you see I, Tanya? Like, that's, <laughs> like, like he doesn't know what else to do with these ladies. He's, you know, just play some music. Women like music, right? <laughs> Women do like music. Don't what's they? her, what's her name? Uh, the mom in that, uh, Allison, uh, uh, Allison Janney. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was watching the movie, I was there with my friend, Christina and, uh, her friend Elise who like worked for like uh something to do with Sundays I don't remember what it was but I'm watching the movie and I'm thinking like man Allison Janning is so one note in this movie like it's just like the most flat performance I've ever seen and then at the end of the movie like Elise like everybody's clapping except me and Elise turns to me and she goes oh my god Allison Janning was amazing in this and I was like what (laughs) And then I get home and I look up uh, like online that like oh that was like the all the talk out of Sundance and all that, that she was and I was like oh Oh, I see. Elise Red. <laughs> no, no offense to her. I just, don't listen to Elise. I, but yeah, I, I loved Allison Janney in that movie. I gotta say. I mean, She's you great. know, you know, you can play a single note for a long time. You know, just look at the Dark Knight score. Um, mm. You know, and some people are really into that. So, whatever. <laughs> well, I might as well bring up that other Ridley Scott movie, and it's all the money in the world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, of course, just a, a, a total takedown of just. The obscenely wealthy, you know, with that movie with billionaire J. Paul Getty and how he refused to pay the ransom of his grandson. And they're very different stories between that and House of Gucci, but just kind of coloring the the insanely wealthy billionaire class as just, you know, greed upon coldness, upon just not caring about other people. I mean, that's where we eventually end up by the end of House of Gucci, even though towards the beginning, we kind of... Uh, pretend to think there's going to be some fun, like warmth to the family, but it's it's gone by the end. Right? Yeah, I uh, um, that movie did have a crime story TV show version with Brendan Fraser, and uh, oh, I never that, saw that. Yeah, but it, that I, that added to my confusion of like thinking the Versace was this movie too. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. When I saw the trailer, I was like, he's doing that shit again. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> but uh, that movie I saw. Uh, right before I separated from my first wife, actually, um, mm. 
she was off having a dinner date with somebody while I was seeing it, unbeknownst to me. Mm. <laughs> that's so that's what I think of when I see that when I hear that movie. That colors uh, a movie's uh, you know response a little bit. Yeah. Fair, well, I guess yeah, fair enough. I mean, to be fair, like the whole movie, I was like, man, this is pretty disappointing. But you know, yeah. then afterward, I was really disappointed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that movie's gray too, you know, and I. Like, like with that gray over, and, and, and I'm just like, and, and there's something wrong with the projectors at, uh, I won't name the uh, company who, uh, whose theater I frequent to see movies, um, but the, their movies always in the theater are much grayer than they look when I see them either shown somewhere else or when I have like a Blu-ray or watching them on VOD. Like, mm. and like Holmes and Watson comes to mind where like mm. that just looks so awful in the theater. It had no color to it. And then when I got, you know the blu-ray yes i just admitted that i wow. have the blue um is very colorful so maybe i'll have, just have to see how Gucci again when it comes out or something I'll colorful would uh maybe be the the one positive bullet point for that movie i, I would spoken <laughs> like somebody who hadn't seen the movie have you seen the movie i uh i actually walked out of it what um, why did you get I, to I, when he uncries when the tear rolls back up his face <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Maybe I'll give it another shot one of these days on your uh, recommendation there. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Only if you like comedy. You know. <laughs> well, what do you have for your next piece? Okay, the next one I have is um, uh, Ready to Wear or Prete Porter by uh, Robert Altman. Mm -hmm. it, was, um, it was Altman's... Uh, he had a couple of hits in the early 90s, like comeback movies. Um, and I should say hits, meaning like critically well received, because sure. they made him uh, with the player, mm -hmm. um, which some say is his best film, and some might be right. And then uh, a movie called Shortcuts, which you know many filmmakers like Paul Thomas Anderson specifically is like, how the fuck did he make that movie? Yeah. And so he was kind of like rolling there for a minute. So his projects got more and more indulgent, and uh, his follow up to Shortcuts was this huge ensemble movie. Uh, set uh, at a fashion show, if I remember correctly, in Paris, with a running motif of people stepping in dog shit. Um, hmm. uh, but it's it's about a fashion show and all like the um, all the backstabbing and deal cutting and like and the whole thing is them trying to hype and promote this like new up and coming designer to take down you know other moguls. You know, it's 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 a it's a lot of fun. It's a little it's a little flawed and alienated, but. Um, but it's got a huge cast. I mean, Tim Robbins, Julia Roberts. Like, I, I mean, it, it's no point in mentioning the the cast because there's like a hundred people in this movie that right. you recognize because everybody wanted to work with Altman at oh, that I'm point. Sure. So, um, but yeah, this movie, especially once it gets into the Tom Ford um, section of it, really reminded me of uh, Preta Porter or Ready to Wear. Um, yeah, I did. It did bother me that, like, I didn't understand the time jump because they showed us a title card at the beginning of Gucci 78, then they showed us 83, and then the next time we're filled in on the time is 1994. Right. But they don't fill us in on that until we've been in 94 for like a good 30 minutes. And it's the. Yeah, day that's, of his... that's an interesting choice. I guess that just goes further into the criticism of Scott as director for mm -hmm. this. Like, uh, what, what the, the way he's telling the story. It almost seems like they act, they cut out the scene that showed us that title card and then forgot that they cut that out and needed to put another one in or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and because the movie is done so small, like like you were saying, you know, which I think is a decision, but instead of it being this big, sprawling thing, we don't really get to see the environment as much. So we can't really differentiate time. 
mm-hmm. in this environment, um, which I I think is a flaw personally. Mm. But well, I'll go to another piece here, and uh, you know this is going to speak to that that smallness again. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with, it's kind of a subgenre a little bit, and actually back to TV again, um, because it is lifetime TV movie biopics. Mm-hmm. Things like the Michael Jackson, the Britney Spears, the Salt and Peppa, the Wendy Williams, these biopics that you see the trailer, you're promised camp, just mm-hmm. lots and lots of camp. And then you get to the movie, you get a little bit of camp but mostly just like melodrama and mostly boring, you know? And that's kind of the exact <laughs> same vibe that this movie kind of gives you. It's like, you still get some bigness in the performances. You still get some of the fun that the trailer promised. But for the most part, it's just a pretty, just bland, straightforward story. Well, that's because how good the actors are. That's the mistake that they made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, from that perspective, if you will, for me, that's the right decision. But like, like... They did want it to, they obviously sold this thing as exactly what you said. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that trend started with Straight Outta Compton. Like, when I saw Straight Outta Compton, I was like, that's pretty cheesy. Like, mm-hmm. that's like a TV movie. Like, that reminds me of that Three Stooges TV movie that Mel Gibson produced in, you know, 2000 or something like that. Right. Like, or that Monkey's Daydream Believer VH1 movie or something. Like, it, it had yeah. a very, like... And um, and people love that kind of thing, you know, like, fuck, straight out of Compton, Oscar nominated. I just... Amazing. Well, <laughs> anyways, but but this this was sold that way. You know what I mean? And yeah. and but unfortunately, instead of casting Ice Cube's son in his first role, they mm-hmm. they cast, you know, Lady Gaga, Jeremy Irons, Al Pacino, you, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the, it's a real cast, you know, and these yeah. people. Save for one, I guess this is the perfect time to talk about it. Yes. Save for Jared Leto, these people know how to fully embody a person and make them mm. real and whole. And Gaga gets the the juiciest one to chew on, obviously. Yeah. But but it, it, because they're all such great actors, they bring the other characters to life instead of the other way around, you know. And mm. uh, but except for Jared, oh Jared, Jared Leto, <laughs> I'm not a Jared Leto hater. You know what uh, I mean? Do I like yeah. him? No. But like, right. but like, I don't like when I see him, I'm not like, fuck. I'm just right. like, okay, you know, why not? I, I liked him in, uh, what's the one with the um, Dallas Buyers Club? Like, I thought he was really terrific in that. Sure. You know, when he won the yeah. Oscar, I went, yeah, that makes sense. That's good. You know, he's good. Um, yeah. But in this, I don't know, man. He was like doing something out of like a Farrelly Brothers movie. Mm. Like, he was so obviously in love with the makeup that he just wanted to like play around in that space. And unfortunately he's not a good enough actor to actually embody a person. I, like I said, I could see him in the scenes trying to like, think of like, Oh, what funny thing can I do? Or like what funky move can I make or something? And you see him making the decision and then doing it too. You know what I mean? And, and so it's almost like Saturday night live ish to me. Mm. Actually, Will Ferrell is that character might've been kind of interesting. That, that would be a take for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I look, and and this is where we differ on this movie because I I agree with you 100% about Leto as a performer and as a uh, a person. Like I I don't mind him whatsoever and I know a lot of people just it's become a part of a personality to hate Jared Leto and and I don't get yeah. that, but I also don't particularly like him that much in too many things, but I love him in this. And I get what you're saying about uh 
uh, you know, about some of the choices he's making and, and how, how clearly they are choices. But at the same time, he came to play. He gave this movie that ridiculousness that I was kind of hoping for, the camp that I was hoping for. And and when he is on screen, on screen, the the movie kind of comes alive for me. And I, this is one of those situations where you are going to like this movie based on whether you buy into this performance, whether you, whether you accept this performance being so big. Um, I will I will mention another puzzle piece here. Just jump right on top of what you were saying there. And I, I was going to bring up Borat. I mean, this is <laughs> this is Sasha Baron Cohen doing Super Mario. I mean, that's what this character basically is. I mean, yeah. it, it's completely over the top as far as you can humanly go. And I don't know if that's necessarily the right choice for the movie, but it's freaking like so enjoyable to me. Yeah, that would have been a better choice because he actually looks more like Al Pacino too. Um, yeah, because Leto plays Pacino's son. I, you know, I find it uh, what you're talking about. Like, if that's the kind of movie you came for, if you came for for the the movie that they sold you, then Leto is more in tune with what you're expecting. And I guess for me, like I said, I don't think the movie's very good. I think mm. the movie's good. You right. know what I mean? But not even like very good. You know right. what I mean? It's, I'm, it's, I'm in the, exactly the same for me as well. It, it's good borderlining on pretty good. You know mm, what I mean? But yeah. but for me, the reason I loved it, which I really mm. like loved this movie, was because instead of doing that thing that I was ready for, that you were hoping for, it more leaned toward the kind of movies I personally want to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it, it didn't do it very well. You know what I mean? Like it didn't do it. It didn't do it very well, but that was at least exciting to me. Like right. it was ex- uh, that I, I didn't get what I was ready for, which that's not usually my thing. The big silly by like straight out of Compton, put a fucking bullet in my foot. I hate that movie so much. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, 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 but I can see where like Leto, if that's, if, if that's why you're there, I can see mm-hmm. it satisfying that, that thing. You know and the mean? funny thing is, is I really do feel like this movie is two completely different movies in one because I feel like uh, Gaga, um, Adam Driver, and um, uh, I, I guess uh, I would say Salma Hayek as well, maybe even Jack Houston are, are in one movie. And then I, I feel like Leto and Pacino are, are in another movie. Yeah, like, but Pacino maybe even gets Jeremy away Irons a little bit too. Well, Pacino gets away with it because he's like old and kooky in the movie. Right, you know right. what I mean? So like he's he's supposed to be like, you know. Yeah. Um you know, but but and we know what Pacino can do like in when given free reign, and he doesn't do that. You know what I mean? Right. So he he's performing. He's not going full Pacino. He's not, you know, no, he's not. Jack and Jill in this, which Mm-mm. Yeah, anyone who knows me knows that I'm in full support of Pacino, Jack and Jilling anything. Um, sure. I'm in full support of anybody Jack and Jilling anything. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, my credibility on this episode, I think of all episodes yeah. I've ever done. I'm like, I love Fuck straight it. out of Compton. Godfather 3 is better than 2. Jack and Jill is much better of a movie than... In- Doesn't even know. like Alice and Janney. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we gonna do with you? And I'm Joe? sitting here promoting like like a D-list Robert Altman movie. Um, <laughs> I but I think that though that that comes down to the directing, like truly, like I I really do because like I think a stronger director could have could have um made this movie what it actually wanted to be, which is a more straightforward melodrama that isn't playing to broad strokes. Sure, you, you know what I mean. 
And 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 I don't think that Scott. You know, I'm trying not to be rude, but I don't think that he pulled it off. Mm. Uh, is the is the nicest way to put it. And so it's something like Jared Leto. It's like, well, at least I got something that I was looking for. I get that 100. percent Yeah. But uh, you know, I'm just trying to think of who modern direct. Oh, Bennett Miller. Bennett Miller making this movie. The guy who what, did what has he done? He did Moneyball. He did Cap- uh, Capote. Oh, okay, he yeah. did um uh, uh Foxcatcher. Like he could have, yeah, he could have done Catcher. something with this. Yeah, exactly. And Foxcatcher is a movie that shouldn't work, and it's another movie that you would think would be this big, broad, silly thing. But no, he like, yeah. Oh man, Bennett, where are you, my friend? It's been like eight years. Like, yeah, come back to us. We need some more of that. Well, what do you got for your next piece? I got one more for you. Um, All right, and it's a film that uh, was the last film I saw before the pandemic, and the last podcast are Greed. Oh Greed. yeah, yeah. Um, greed it, it's it's interesting it doesn't seem like people have very much to say about the fashion industry other than like it's corrupt and mm. it's dynasty driven and the dynasties get corrupted whether they like it or not you know yeah. um but like this film like uh house of gucci i saw the trailer for greed and i expected a will ferrell movie starring steve coogan you mm-hmm. know what i mean and what i got instead was actually like a a, an emotionally wrecking satire like it was hilarious but it also like fucked me up like mm-hmm. when he gets eaten by that lion at the end that was like traumatizing for me to see you know like you, you you almost want in a movie like this where like when the the villain goes down you want to cheer you know what i mean like as lady gaga gets pulled away from the courts like i didn't do it you want to be like yeah. yeah fuck you you know <laughs> but like at the end of greed you felt conflicted mm-hmm. you're like oh yeah, like that nobody should go out like that. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? Um and and I think that greed is much more successful than this one because it's um well, shorter. That helps. And it has it, and it has like nicer scenery. It's it, it greed is more of a movie experience. Yeah. This could have been a TV movie. Like, mm-hmm. you know, granted an HBO, which I guess is not TV, it's HBO, but you get what I mean. Like this is this is something that you could put on at home and break it up into three episodes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't have that cinematic um, quality to it. Uh, but, but the actors are cinematic and the scripture is. But um, I remember, seem to remember you liking Greed as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I love that movie. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know why people didn't really give it its due. And I don't know if part of that may be the pandemic. I mean, it is a smaller release and everything as well. But yeah, we, we did that episode on it. And um, I, I don't know anybody who really watched it. Yeah, same. You know, and I, I recommended it to... And, and my, you know, I, I, I have like a big like film circle of friends out here. That's really all you can have in LA outside of industry mm-hmm. friends. You have industry friends and movie friends. And yeah. um, and usually, you know, like they they you know check out my recommendations and vice versa. But none of them seem to check out greed. There just seemed to be no interest in it. Yeah. Um, and that's a shame because it's it's um, I you know, and the reviews weren't great either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do they know? I mean, they gave yeah. Ghostbusters a sixty-one, and the audience right now is at a is at a a, a doting ninety-five. That all-important audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, you know, I, I've been thinking about that, David, because um, because when I saw the uh, the critic reviews after I watched, I don't look at any reviews until after I see a movie. You know what I yeah. mean? I just don't do that anymore. That's just smart. Um, yeah, yeah, because like I, I'm so sick and tired of being quote, called a contrarian hmm. out here. When uh, you know, I didn't even know that word till I moved out to L.A. Back home, I was just Joe. Um, yeah. 
but but I I'm starting to really get out of this whole like what is everyone else thinking and what else you know because like everything is circumstantial everything is is based on your environment that you feel or think you know what I mean and yeah and we're pretending that our environments are so much bigger than they are you know like what are you talking about a review adjective I mean who the fuck cares what whoever in Toronto thought of this movie. You know yeah. what I mean? In relation to how I feel about this movie. And why do I need to concern myself with what somebody in Toronto thought of this movie versus yeah. how I experienced this movie? I'm the one who paid fucking 15 bucks to see it. Yeah. You know this, what I this mean? Actually, this actually reminds me of a tweet I saw today. Uh, it, it said, uh, we was not supposed to know this many people existed, let alone they thoughts. Um, <laughs> I just think that that kind of plays into that. Like, why why do we need to know every single person's opinion on a movie? You know, yeah, it's, um, I mean, like, wait, can you read it again? We was not supposed to know this many people existed, let alone they thoughts. I, I think love that's, that. Uh, I think it's brilliant. No, see, like, but here's the thing that I really love about that, like the like colloquially, like it's 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 so that's so honest, and so yeah. you know what I mean, and like. That's beautiful. You know, I, I, one of those phenomena that never made sense to me until recently was that people reaction videos, you know? Yeah. Until I saw this one guy, he goes by Mr. Video or something like that on YouTube. And we, I, I mentioned this in one of the threads on the page that, yeah. like, he, he, he is so innocent. Like, he is so outside of the loop of what a great film is. He hasn't, you know, he watched one of the first videos I saw him watch was like, the exorcist and he was like you know you know people recommended this one to me let's check it out and he has no idea about any of the baggage right right and how he's affected by it he straight up was like why do you like this like this is evil you know what i mean like 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 (laughs) well you know what i mean like he's not chris but he's like why are we engaging with this kind of evil you know he was like traumatized by it you know and he watched this Elvis video. I, this sounds, it sounds like a tangent, but I promise it's kind of to what you're saying here. It, it, he watched this performance of Elvis doing a If I Can Dream, which is mm-hmm. the big final song of Elvis's comeback special, Christmas special in 68. And it's supposed okay. to be a song about Martin Luther King, you know, mm-hmm. like about like dreaming of a better world, right? So this guy, Mr. Video, he actually watched this performance. And he is, he is black, Mr. Video. And so he's watching this thing. And when it's over, he obviously didn't understand that it was supposed to be about civil rights, that it was supposed to mm-hmm. be about, because he was just talking about Elvis had a dream and he made it come true. And that's what we all got to do. But you know what I mean? Nice. And I was like, wow, that's yeah. really interesting. And then he starts, I can't even remember how he like, how his mind segued, but he started talking about how he always had a dream, blah, blah, blah. And like, and then he starts talking about how, you know, people always gave him shit, told him he couldn't do nothing because, like, he liked things like Elvis and too much white people music. Say, I'm not black enough. And he starts crying. And, mm-hmm. he, and he just screams, like, well, if I'm not black, then what the fuck am I? Mm. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? This like, is real. This is absolutely exactly. real. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and, you know, so the, the reaction video thing, I mean, I don't watch any of the others. I'm not promoting that culture or, sure. or whatever. But watching him specifically kind of woke me up to this idea that, like, yeah, like, this isn't the review thing on Rotten Tomatoes. That's nothing. You know yeah. what I mean? And honestly, to an extent, what an audience rates something is nothing. But the, what, what really affected me about Ghostbusters, I know that you already did one on that, but I'm, you know, is that, like, <laughs> all of the people that I know who have seen it, and I've only seen through Facebook what they thought, really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. And those are the only people whose opinions matter to me at this point because that's my community yeah you know um maybe it was a little off topic 
Sorry. <laughs> it, was it was close enough. I, I'll take it. You know, we're, we're, we're doing all right on time. Uh, I'll, That's I'll my throw final one... <laughs> Good, good. I, I'll throw one last piece in here. I mean, it's kind of unnecessary. It's a little redundant, but uh, just true crime right now, the mm-hmm. moment that it's having with between podcasts, between TV series, between uh, TV movies and miniseries and all that, uh, this kind of just fits right into the world of everything that true crime is doing at the moment. Uh, and a bunch of our pieces have kind of fit in there. I, Tanya, of course, all the money in the world and all these things that, uh, you know, there could have been true crime series about. This fits very nicely into that. And it's really, I think, maybe the closest thing we have to, like, monoculture right now is true mm. crime documentaries and, and podcasts. Yeah, which is very a very bleak thought now that I think about it. But uh, Well, you know me, I hate documentaries because they're yeah. lies. Because every documentary is an agenda. You know, Even though the documentaries that I like, I'm like, yeah, but you're lying to me. You know what I sure. mean? You're yeah, telling yeah. me what, what you want me to think, you know? And that's why I much prefer a, a movie like this where it's like, you know, it is fiction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I get to look yeah. at it as fiction. I was thinking true crime. I just started watching the new Tiger King season. Mm-hmm. And what's... What, <sighs> I really liked the first season, actually. Mm-hmm. Take that, everybody who calls me a contrarian. I yeah. really enjoyed uh, <laughs> Tiger King, and I'm enjoying this one so far, too. Because I made I, it half an episode, by the way, but I mean for the original. Know, I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't really right. watch that much TV anyway. But, right, right, right. Yeah. Me either. Me either. You know this about me. That's one of the reasons mm-hmm. why we have such fun communication. Um, but absolutely. But what I like about Tiger King is the pageantry of it, and what you know what I mean. Like, like it is a true crime story that kind of sneaks up on you that it's true crime. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's so. I mean, these characters, if you will, are such characters, and like mm-hmm. the things that happen are so ridiculous that that's the entertainment value of it, you know. But something like, uh, like this is what Ted Bundy did. It's like, well, that's just fucked up. Like, I don't, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, give me these Florida guys who are like potentially feeding their billionaire husbands to lions, you know. I, um, maybe it's just because I'm from Florida, but but I wanted more pageantry from House of Gucci. You know what yeah. I mean? Why set something in a world of fashion if you're not going to be super fashionable? Absolutely. You know, the only fashionable yeah. thing about it is that it's about true crime. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, I'll go ahead and do the finished puzzle, and we'll get into a couple of closing thoughts here. We talked about The Godfather, American Crime Story, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, uh, The Social Network, Thelma and Louise, I, Tanya, All the Money in the World, Ready to Wear, Lifetime Movie Biopics, Borat, greed and true crime you know the only other thing well actually i did want to mention really quickly i love how there's like dogs and cats in the back of every scene i just thought that was very fun (laughs) yeah (laughs) that must be an italy thing i didn't even realize it but there's like always dogs it adds to the predator porter theme of them all stepping in dog shit nice yeah absolutely (laughs) but yeah i think you know we've talked about this already through this but the main draw here is the cast i mean you already Mm -hmm. said how great adam driver is i i do think you know, putting aside the silliness of Jared Leto, which I loved, I think Adam Driver is actually the best performance in the movie. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady Gaga is great. Uh, J- uh, Jeremy Irons is really good. Um, I mean, th- it was just great so to see good. him again. Yeah, he's not in much. Like I haven't seen Jeremy Irons in a minute. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's the big that that's the main thing here is the cast. You yeah, know? But, but I also want to give a shout out to the script. Because yeah, the, the right. script really could have like, and the script is undone by the way it's presented. But like, the mm. script really is a uh, is a smart and thoughtful script that's asking uh, 
more questions. It's not even ambiguous. It's just so human that it it sacrifices uh entertainment and pleasure for uh for uh a deeper truth. And I appreciated that. No. So, that just yeah. absolutely. I think that does it for House of Gucci. Joe, is there another movie recently other than Ghostbusters you'd like to uh, recommend to our listeners? Well, let's just uh, talk about the big red dog in the room right now, uh, Clifford. Mm. Oh. Clifford. Clifford was wonderful. I saw mm. it on uh, Veterans Day with my <laughs> wife and brother at the 245 showing, which was full of children and their kids. I'm calling the adults children because they were the uh-huh. ones during the movie taking selfies. One woman nice. got a phone call right as the movie started, like covered it up to silence it, and then called the person back. She's like, yeah, it just started, so I'm in here. you know." And I was like, oh, are, no. are you joking? But it was so wonderful to see a kid's movie that, had no cynicism, no irony, no like hip referential content. It was just a a pure kids movie through and through. And I liked that the villain was evil with like a nice agenda, but was evil. It wasn't even like a, oh, he tried and failed. No, he was just evil, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's important to teach kids that the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Um. I can't recommend Clifford enough. I, I think that Clifford is one of the best movies I've seen all year. All right. Yeah, I, I watched it. I did not dislike it. I know a lot of people think it's terrible. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's fun. Tell people where you watched it. I watched it at home with my dog, oh. Harvey. And, and y- you know what? We don't have any theaters here in Vegas that allow dogs. If we did, I promise you we would have seen it in the theater. Just slap a vest on him. Say he's a, say he's a, a service dog. They're not legally allowed to ask you for anything. Uh-huh. So, yeah. But you, Next Mr., time. Mr., I gotta watch it in the theater. I'm a theater. I know. Well, I've been looking I forward know. to Clifford all year. I can't wait. We should maybe think about doing an episode on it. I, oh, I watched it at home. Okay. <laughs> So you didn't get to enjoy like when he would like sneeze on people and all the little kids in the audience go, ew! Or like when the sheep like headbutts the guy, this girl behind me goes, oh my God! Well, yeah. Harvey was barking half the movie, so that's there's that. So, that's funny. Yeah. I house that for somebody who uh, w- I was watching The Harder They Fall and every time a horse popped up on screen, the dog just like lost its mind. <laughs> Joe, why do you tell people about what you got going on with your films? Oh, I mean, you know, I'm thinking about doing another one. I've got some ideas, but no money. Story of an artist. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm still probably going to shoot that in January. Um, and I've got mm-hmm. our last film, Natasha Hall. Uh, I can't remember if I've been on since, but we, we uh, won Best uh, Picture, Screenplay, and Performance for my wife at the Treasure Coast International Film Festival. Awesome. Um, and we are going to be screening it in... Uh, Las Vegas, actually, yes. uh, on December 21st, 2021, um, the day before The Matrix comes out, um, uh, Fort Bedlam. And uh, I, we're, it's going to be open to the public, So, um, and I think there's about 40 seats. So, you know, me and my wife will be there. So if there are 38 other people in Vegas who want to come see yes. uh, Natasha Hall, it'll be December 21st. I think we're looking at like a 6 or 6.30 p.m. screening, um, hopefully 7. So well, we will uh, make sure to promote it when it gets a little closer and my wife and I will be there for sure. So we are looking forward to watching it. And Joe, thank you as always for being on the show, man. Thank you for having me. 
I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harris, and we co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years, and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best pictures, some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about House of Gucci. Thanks to Joe Black for joining me on that one. And don't forget about that uh, screening of his movie coming up on December 21st here in Las Vegas at Fort Bedlam. Uh, there will be more info in the show notes for you to check out, and uh, maybe we will get a little conversation going about the movie sometime soon here on the podcast, so look out for that, and make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts, so that way you'll hear that episode when it comes up. You could, of course, find us on Apple Podcasts, or Pocket Cast or Spotify, or Good Pods, or pod chaser a bunch of other apps wherever you can find podcasts you can find us wherever you're listening right now you can find us and hit that subscribe or follow or like or whatever kind of button it is hit that and then you'll find out about the new episodes as they come because we got a lot on the way uh you can also rate and review us on apple Podcasts or pod chaser or good pods those are specifically the apps that you can do the whole five star thing on i would appreciate it if you do that and follow us on social media at piecing pod join our facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces and don't forget about that patreon i told you about at the top of the show so let's close this out with a piece of music and i was trying to think of uh something big and uh dramatic and you know over the top for something as big as house of gucci um i was trying to think of something like that that i could play and i was thinking a good one for this i know i've definitely played it on the show before but it's a single i put out earlier this year called destined for greatness it was originally made for a uh, ballet video and then i uh, expanded upon it a little bit and turned it into a single and i released it as just a single in between albums so it is available on spotify and itunes and all those places so you can go listen to it over there but uh i'm gonna play it right now so this is destined for greatness hope you enjoy it and we'll be back with more piecing it together real soon
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.